are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about these giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. And coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about three things that we learned this weekend. I said on Friday's show that hopefully when we did our Monday show, we'd be talking about positive things. And that is very much the case as the Giants swept this series against the Rockies. So the first thing we learned is that they're off to their best start in five years since 2016. And 2016 is a relevant year, and we'll talk about why. And then the second and third things we learned had to do with like getting in the weeds a little bit and looking at some numbers for the pitchers and the hitters. But the fact that they're off to their best start since 2016, yes, it is nine games. So, you know, things can very much change in a hurry. And so we're not going to overreact too much. But just to get it out of the way, why 2016 is relevant, well, it's the last year that the Giants had a winning season. And, you know, this year is kind of, to me, important that they finish above 500. Because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of people who turn on them, I think, or turn on this front office specifically. So they are trying to be the first team since that 2016 team to be over 500. So it's a good omen, in my opinion, to start off with the same record at 6-3 and three that that 2016 team started off with. So man, all of these games were highly entertaining, starting with the home opener, which was the Johnny Cueto start. This guy, Cueto, he goes eight and two-thirds, 17 swings and misses in this game, seven Ks, one walk, just four hits, one earned run, and it came in the ninth inning. So on the other side, Austin Gomber was pretty darn good in this game. He was the centerpiece of that Nolan Arenado trade. They were hyping him up a little bit too much on the broadcast, in my opinion, that trade was a disaster for the Rockies and, and Gomber, you know, it remains to be seen. I, I just don't think he, he's not going to be a frontline type of starter, but he pitched very well. That's probably the best he can pitch in this first game of the series. So this game was scoreless into the bottom of the seventh, and then they got a clutch bases loaded double by Brandon Crawford. And Crawford would go on to have a really big and important impact in this weekend series. But the story was undoubtedly Johnny Cueto and Gabe Kapler for letting him go so long. Cueto ended up throwing 118 pitches, which was the most by a giant starter in a number of years. So in the ninth inning, I mean, 
They even let Cueto hit in an important situation with runners on like second and third and one out instead of pinch hitting late in the game. I think the Giants had a two run lead at that point. They let Cueto hit. So for all the criticism Gabe Kapler has taken, and to in my opinion, unwarranted, like he hasn't actually done a lot of the stuff that people think that he does. So instead of, you know, the quick hook for Cueto, they just let him go. And including letting him hit in a spot when I actually thought they shouldn't have done that. So he goes out there in the ninth and then he gives up a triple and Gabe Kapler goes out to the mound and he gets booed mercilessly. And then he has a long conversation with Cueto, decides to leave him in. And then he comes back to the dugout and gets cheered. So then with two outs in the ninth, the run has scored. Trevor Story just bounces a single through the open hole on the right side. And you got to go get him at that point. The The tying run is coming to the plate. Cueto's thrown a lot of pitches. They've seen him. This is the fourth time through the order. Jake McGee was ready. It was a lefty coming up. It was just clear and obvious. It was the right time to take him out. Yet he did get booed for coming. Kapler got booed. So that to me, you know, the fans are are enthusiastic, but that was unwarranted. So McGee comes in and what does he do? He throws three pitches and strikes out Sam Hilliard, the tying run. And that was that. So McGee has been excellent. And just I, I wanted to highlight that start by Johnny Cueto. The second game was started by Logan Webb. And the big moment was Brandon Crawford hitting a clutch three-run homer that gave the Giants the lead. They were trailing 3-1 to one and it made it 4-3 to three and that would be the final score. So Logan Webb was kind of iffy in this game for the second consecutive start. I would say it was kind of similar to his first start, which is that it was inconsistent. But the bullpen pitched four shutout innings. So after that blow up in the first game of the season, the bullpen has been excellent, actually. So Jake McGee had a dominant ninth inning again, and that gave him his MLB leading fourth save. And he has yet to allow a hit or a run. And then in the final game, Anthony DiSclefani was the story. We're going to talk more about him later, but he goes six shutout innings with eight strikeouts, matched Cueto with 17 swings and misses. So the starting pitching has just been phenomenal to start the season. We're going to talk about what's sustainable and what's not. Other things we learned this weekend, you know, we're going to get into the starters and we're going to talk about the hitters. But first I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Lots of baseball action you can get in on at Bet Online. We'll be talking about it a lot as the season goes on. I feel like there's some opportunities there. So go and check out what they've got to offer. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the second thing we learned this weekend, which is going to be all about the starting pitching. It was good to start the season, but now the sample has gotten even bigger with another three games. I want to get into Anthony DiSclefani, 
who was just fantastic in this start on Sunday against the Rockies, giving the Giants the sweep, first sweep at Oracle Park of the Rockies since 2017. Now, when I hear that, I think, you know, in 2017, the Giants were terrible. They lost 98 games. So, you know, you can sweep a series and it doesn't necessarily make you a good team. So it is still a small sample. And we'll keep that in mind as we go through these things we learned over the weekend. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So the San Francisco Giants starting pitching and even relief pitching is going to be the focus here. They have been excellent. Giants starters are second in Major League Baseball behind only the Dodgers in Fangraph's wins above replacement. They are third in Major League Baseball in earned run average. They are first in fielding independent pitching. And interestingly, they have the fifth highest ground ball rate of any starting staff. And their home runs per nine innings rate of 0.33 is the lowest in all of baseball. So just any way you slice it, the starting rotation has been phenomenal to start the season. They've basically given the Giants good starts in every single one of their games so far. At least decent. I mean, they've gone five innings or more and allowed allowed three earned runs or less in every single one of their nine games so far, which is just incredible, really. That's not going to last. You know, they very well could go out tonight Aaron Sanchez could give up six runs in four innings. Like, it's so totally possible. And of course, this streak is not going to last. Home run rate also happens to be something that stabilizes very slowly. So to be to to have your success hinging on not allowing home runs is not necessarily something to get super excited about because that could change. But given that they play at Oracle Park, there's reason to hope that they can maintain a good rate of preventing home runs, but they're not going to be this good. So more runs are going to come against the starters. There's no doubt. But that being said, like the swings and misses, that is not something that takes a long time to stabilize. So it's just been super impressive to see that from Cueto. To me, that's the most unexpected strong performance has been Johnny Cueto. He was just flat out dominant on... Friday in the home opener. And then, you know, Kevin Gosman has been Kevin Gosman, maybe a little bit not getting the strikeouts like we would expect. But Anthony DiSclafani has been a revelation. He pitched so darn well in this game on Sunday. Like, I'm not going to forget for a while that inning, the sixth inning, he, he allowed a couple base runners to start the inning, and then he pitched through it, including just some really quality quality at bats from a pitching perspective against uh, Josh Fuentes and I think Sam Hilliard got them both to strike out got Fuentes on a slider in the dirt with runners on second and third one out so you know a, a scenario where they can score without a hit and he gets a strikeout which is what he's pitching for and then against Hilliard who's dangerous just a nasty 95 mile an hour two seamer to strike him out on a 3-2 pitch, and then a big fist pump. So this team believes in themselves, and they 
want to win. And it's just beautiful to see for the first time in a while them looking like this and competing and succeeding. You know, they have had their chances before and they failed. Like that's what a losing team looks like is the other team gets a little rally going like that and then they get that big hit and you're just not able to stop it and then you can't score enough to come back. We've seen so much of that since the 2016 season. 17, 18, 19, and 20, losing records. We've seen a lot of losing baseball. But this could be the team that has that first winning record since 16. So I just have to say, too, the relievers have been really good since that first game. Jake McGee has, as I said, not allowed a hit. Wandy Peralta closed out the game on Friday. He got a little bit squirrely with two outs and nobody on and a four-run lead. Kind of lost his release point and made it a little too interesting. One thing we learned that I'm just realizing I need to talk about more is that Reyes Maranta went on the injured list with forearm tightness and discomfort. So that is not good. And in a corresponding move, the Giants called up Lamont Wade Jr. So they currently only have two righties in the bullpen in Matt Whistler and Tyler Rogers, both guys who make fans nervous when they're out there. So I happen to think they're going to be a lot better than people expect, and and Whistler specifically. He's not going to be this bad. It's just not possible. But it is likely that at some point soon, probably, we're going to see another move and another righty reliever is going to come onto this roster. But Lamont Wade Jr. will be talked about next when we talk about the third thing we learned this weekend, which is all about the offense and how they've been unlucky and how they're actually kind of sort of performing like one of the better offensive teams in baseball, even though the actual results haven't been there yet. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. If you know me, you know that I love these bars. The taste is definitely the best part, but... If you're a health-conscious person like me, the real kicker is that somehow they're very low in calories and low in sugar. I would not be eating a protein bar, frankly, that's high in sugar, but Built Bar manages to taste like a candy bar and be extremely low in sugar. Just to give you an example, the Cookies and Cream Bar has 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. Built Bar has even reset the promo code for this relaunch. For a limited time, you can also get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised, the third thing that we learned this weekend, we're going to talk about the hitters. Early on, That was the focus. At least it was the focus of the negative thoughts, which was the offense. Are we concerned about the offense? I I did a mailbag on Friday. Half the questions were about what's wrong with the offense? Should we be worried? What's going on with Yastrzemski, Belt, Dickerson, etc.? So we'll talk all about that. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked on Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. 
so there are a lot of fun notes about the offense. Honestly, this is something I could have talked about first, but we had to get into those games a little bit. So for ha- for how great the Giants' starting pitchers have been, if there's a criticism of how the Giants have played so far, it would be the offense. Mike Yastrzemski has been their worst player. Go figure. That's baseball. Everyone coming into the year would have said he's going to be their best player, and so far he's been their worst. So how do you explain that? Well, it's baseball, and it's living in small sample sizes. Is there reason for concern with Yastrzemski? Yes, I would say so, because he's looked that bad. Although in his final at-bat, he did rip a double down the right field line, so that was encouraging, and hopefully it gets him going. But I put out a bunch of notes on Twitter today when I started digging into the offense, and these are going to get more and more compelling as we go forward. So the first thing is that a lot of people were concerned early on about how much the Giants were striking out. And there were also concerns by me, I didn't get a lot of questions about it, but concerns about them not walking very much. So they they weren't walking and they were striking out a lot. That's a bad combination. You want the opposite to be true. But over the weekend... Something we learned is that that corrected itself. The Giants are now 7th in baseball with a 0.48 walk-to-strikeout ratio. They've become 15th in strikeout rate at 23.7, so they're right in the middle. And yeah, when I say 15th, I mean out of 30 teams, not out of the National League side of 15. And they're 6th in walk rate at 11.4%. They're also... Fifth best in outside the zone swing rate. So basically how often they chase. They're chasing the fifth least of any team at 27.9%. All the while, their isolated power, which is just slugging percentage minus batting average, is ninth best in, in baseball. Their average on balls in play is 27th out of 30 teams at 237 So when you combine that with all the other things that we just mentioned, it's hard for me to see that average on balls in play number being 27th and conclude that they've been anything other than just unlucky. And in fact, I was watching these games with my StatCast machine fired up, and so many balls in in a couple of these games against the Rockies were hit hard and had really high expected hit probabilities, and they were caught. So that's what's driving that number there. And then looking even deeper, we find that the Giants weighted on base average, which is just, it means exactly what it sounds like. It weights all your times on base properly. It gives you the proper credit for a walk. We know historically how many runs a walk leads to, how many runs the average home run leads to. So we weight those outcomes appropriately And then this is scaled to the league average on base percentage. It sounds a little bit complicated, but it's really not. League average on base percentage is around 320, 315. I think it's like 320 right now. So to be at 300, which is the Giants' actual weighted on base average, that's like 20 points below average. However, using StatCast, and like I said, the expected outcomes based on the quality of contact basically what they deserved based on how they hit the ball. They have the fourth best expected weighted on base average in the National League at 348. So 48 points higher than their actual weighted on base average. So that 
is as pure of an indicator as anything that they've simply been unlucky. So the BABIP number tells me they've been unlucky, and this even more so tells me that they've been unlucky. And then going one step further, the Giants actually lead all of Major League Baseball in barrel percentage per batted ball event. Batted ball event sounds like a nerdy thing to say, but it's just, you know, not a strikeout, not a foul ball or anything. But when you put the ball in play, the Giants are getting a barrel, which is not just hitting it on the sweet spot. A barrel is like an ideal combination of exit velocity and launch angle that leads to, I think it's at least a 500 expected batting average and at least a 1500 expected slugging. So these are your home runs and your your balls off the wall and your extra base hits. And the Giants' rate of hitting the ball in these ideal combinations of speed off the bat and angles off the bat, they have the highest rate in all of baseball of doing that. And that, to me, is really encouraging, obviously. And it also backs up what we saw last year, how the hitting coaches seem to make an influence, because that's kind of what they're trying to do, is they're trying to get hitters to hit the ball hard in an ideal launch angle. It's kind of wasted if you're hitting the ball hard on the ground often. Like you want to elevate the ball. If you're going to hit it hard, you might as well hit it on a line or, you know, in the air at a nice angle that leads to homers. And the Giants are doing that at the highest rate in baseball when they put the ball in play. So that percent is like 11 and a half percent of the time when they put the ball in play, it's, it's hit hard at a good launch angle right now. So that's encouraging. We learned so much over the weekend. All of this is subject to change, though. That's the thing. Honestly, the StatCast numbers, when I talk about expected results, that's probably some of the most reliable stuff at this point. And that's why I'm super encouraged about the offense. But it is just nine games. Any team can play well or poorly in nine games. So we'll see how it goes here with the Reds coming to town. We'll have a podcast tomorrow talking about this first game, Wade Miley against Aaron Sanchez. Giants, this is probably their best opportunity their, their most winnable game is going to be against Wade Miley, in my opinion. So we'll be back tomorrow, breaking it all down. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. So until then, we'll see you next time.